For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Happy Monday, people. I tried holding off as long as I can to record this Rate 10 episode. The daily episode, Wake and Rake podcast production, by the way. I tried holding off. So we had the trade deadline tomorrow. And I was going to do a Sunday night, but nothing was going down in the social media trade deadline streets. So then I'm like, all right, I'll hold off till Monday morning. Something's going to pop up. Somebody's going to get swapped. And the biggest thing we had this morning was a Robinson Cano DFA from Atlanta. And Atlanta picked up Ere Adrianza from Washington. So uh, I held off as long as I could. I apologize for the delay and the publishing of this Rake 10 episode. Uh, but we got some stuff to, to work through. There's some new reports regarding certain trade candidates. We'll dive a little bit deeper on that. So let's get right into our headlines. Monday, August 1st. Because I'm recording this now, there's probably no fewer than 50 trades about to, to go down. Jeff Passon notifications are about to be jumping. Let's start over the weekend. For those that maybe were out on the beach all weekend and missed the headlines, the big one about the Seattle Mariners acquiring Luis Castillo, the top pitcher on the market, him and Frankie Montas. Seattle's going for it. They traded their number one, three, and five prospects over to Cincinnati for the 2022 All-Star in Luis Castillo. The Seattle Mariners rotation is looking pretty nice. Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, the aforementioned Luis Castillo, Chris Flexen, Marco Gonzalez. It's a real rotation. Seattle, who has not made the postseason since 2001, let the drought be over. You got to appreciate the aggressiveness, especially after last season when they traded Kendall Graveman, when they had an opportunity to potentially buy and push themselves into the postseason. They instead decided to trade Kendall Graveman, their closer, who was having a phenomenal season at the time, traded him over to Houston for Abraham Toro. I was questioning that. Many people were questioning that. So a lot of credit goes to Seattle. They're going for it this year. They're right there in that wild card spot. If the season ended today, the drought would be over. They would be in the postseason. So Luis Castillo headed over to Seattle to bolster that starting rotation. Tampa Bay had question marks whether they would buy or sell, especially after all the injuries that they've endured this season. But they've added a much-needed power bat. David Peralta, left fielder from the Arizona Diamondbacks. He was acquired for minor league catcher Christian Serta. Both teams announced that trade. Peralta is 34 years old and in the final season of his contract. Peralta owns a 248, 316, 460 batting line with 12 dingers this year. He's also hitting 268 against right-handed pitchers, so it should give the Rays a nice platoon option in the outfield, an outfield that has been, as I just mentioned, hit hard with injuries with guys like Kevin Kiermaier out for the season and Manuel Margot on the shelf with a knee injury. Does anybody know what the Rockies are doing? 
I mean, they went and signed Arenado a couple of years ago. Then they traded him to the Cardinals and they sent the Cardinals $50 million. And then a year later, they went and signed Chris Bryant for damn near the same amount of money. And now they just signed Daniel Bard. They're closer to a two-year, $19 million extension. They also extended Ryan McMahon. I don't know what's going on in Colorado. I, I'm never going to condemn a general manager or a front office for spending money, especially a so-called small market team like the Colorado Rockies are. I want to give credit where credit's due, but objectively, there's some strange signings going on here, without a doubt. Regardless, I think the story here, though, is Daniel Bard. He was out of baseball completely. He dealt with the yips um, after his st- the start of a good career with Boston as a reliever. Then he left baseball completely for three years, came back, worked himself back up through the minors, worked himself through those yips. He became the closer for Colorado here in the 2020 National League Comeback Player of the Year Award. This season, he owns a 1.91 ERA. He struck out 27.5% of the batters he's faced. His ground ball percentage is good. He would have been a nice upgrade for any contender this year, but instead the Colorado Rockies knocked locked him down for a two-year, $19 million extension. So he's going to be in Colorado for at least one more, maybe two more years. Another minor trade over the weekend was Chris Martin, a right-handed reliever from the Chicago Cubs. He was acquired by the Los Angeles Dodgers for utility man Zach McKinstry. The Dodgers bullpen has been shaky this season, especially with Craig Kimbrell in the back end of that bullpen. Now, with that said, Martin is a 36-year-old pitcher. He's had a 4-3-1 ERA this season. Nothing spectacular, but you know what you're going to get out of him. He's pitched in just about every role throughout his career, from middle reliever to a setup guy. He's even closed some games out. So he'll give Dave Roberts and that Dodgers coaching staff another relief option, a much-needed relief option. And I mentioned the Dodgers' bullpen being a bit shaky. They own a really nice ERA. They're second in the National League in bullpen ERA. But that said... I also mentioned their closer, Craig Kimbrell. He has one of the highest ERAs in that bullpen with a 4.37 ERA this season, and he has blown three saves. Three is nothing crazy. You know, three from a closer, nearly three-fourths through the season. I think a lot of teams would take that, but it's it's been a, a bit of a coin flip at times for Craig Kimbrell in the back end of that Dodger bullpen, so Chris Martin gives them another tool. And on Monday morning, Monday afternoon-ish, I alluded to the trade between the Nationals and the Atlanta Braves. It's not too often that you see interdivision trades, but when you're dealing with you know some, some lower, under-the-radar type players, you see it a little more often, I guess. Eray Adranza, utility infielder from the Nationals, he's going over to Atlanta in exchange for outfielder Trey Harris. To make room on the roster, Atlanta designated Robinson Cano for assignment. This is the third time Robinson Cano has been designated for assignment this season alone. He's been designated for assignment by three different teams this season alone. Started with the New York Mets. Then he signed a minor league contract with the Padres. He's pulled up to the big league club then got designated for assignment. He accepted that assignment and went down to the minors, but was later traded to Atlanta for cash considerations. Now Atlanta is going to make some room on their roster after Cano amassed a 179 batting average across 94 trips to the dish. Could this be the last time we see Robinson Cano on a baseball diamond? And I think uh, the likelihood of that is 
fairly high considering his lack of production and decline in just about every statistical category this season. Canova's expected to be a Hall of Fame candidate for much of his career. One of the all-time greatest power hitters at the second base position in MLB history. Then the PED situation came in where he was suspended for a year. Now, seeing this decline, Hall of Fame not looking likely in his season and his career is likely coming to an abrupt ending. Other than those trades, as of 1 p.m. Eastern time when I'm recording this, nothing has really gone down officially. But obviously the rumors are swirling. So let's just go right up and down the latest reports and see what's going on, get a feel for the room. According to The Athletic, Sean Murphy, Oakland Athletics catcher, is being discussed in a potential trade with the Cleveland Guardians. Guardians just a couple games back in the American League Central, right in the mix in that American League wildcard conversation. He did mention that the conversations have not progressed past the discussion point. Murphy is under team control through the 2025 season, is stellar defensively, and provides a lot of pop, one of the top power hitters at the catcher position in the league. I've been saying for years, Sean Murphy should be in the home run derby. The dude hits balls as far as anybody in Major League Baseball, not just at the catcher position, as far as anyone. I'm talking about Giancarlo. If you ever you know, want to show up to the ballpark early to watch certain guys take batting practice, key in on Sean Murphy. The dude hits nukes. Let's stay in the American League West, and let's talk about the Houston Astros. Jeff Passan, last night on Sunday Night Baseball, reported that the Astros are still engaged in discussion with the Washington Nationals regarding first baseman Josh Bell. Bell will be a free agent at season's end, so he will be a rental. According to Ken Rosenthal, Houston has also shown interest. Rays first baseman G-Man Choi and Red Sox catcher Christian Vasquez I would be stunned to not see Houston try to bolster their starting lineup, especially that first base position. In fact, I'd be stunned to not see Josh Bell in a Houston Astros uniform in eh, 48 hours. A couple more minor hot stove reports to toss around. This is just coming in as I'm recording this podcast. According to Ken Rosenthal, the Yankees are acquiring right-handed reliever Scott Efros from the Cubs. The Cubs are acquiring Hayden Wesneski in return. Joe Musgrove, the San Diego kid, grew up in San Diego, now pitching for the Padres, was the first Padre pitcher ever to throw a no-hitter. Well, he's going to be staying in Southern California, a five-year, $100 million extension. Speaking of the Padres, whether they get Juan Soto or not, more good news in San Diego, and that's Fernando Tatis will be taking live batting practice today. That lineup really needs a boost. A.J. Preller is going to be aggressive at the deadline. If not Juan Soto, they're going to be in on a lot of different trade candidates. So expect San Diego to be making some moves here at the trade deadline. A report from John Heyman says that the Philadelphia Phillies are looking for some defense in center field. Guys like Ramon Laureano from Oakland could be a potential option. Some other names floated out there could be Michael A. Taylor from Kansas City. Jackie Bradley Jr. from the Red Sox. Obviously, there's that Dave Dombrowski connection between Jackie Bradley when they were with Boston. And Jose Siri was another name mentioned in that report. We alluded to the Juan Soto teams and the front runners, Cardinals, Padres, and the Dodgers as well. John Morosi went on MLB Network today and discussed the sleeper team that is the San Francisco Giants. A lot of people are thinking, why would San Francisco 
go after Juan Soto when they're a couple games under 500. They're not really sure whether they're going to buy or sell. In fact, they're probably leaning toward more of a sell with guys like Carlos Rodon, Jock Peterson, Brandon Belt. Got to remember, Juan Soto is not a free agent at season's end. Juan Soto is a free agent in two and a half years. That means you have control of Juan Soto for another two and a half years. And San Francisco has enough money to potentially extend Juan Soto for that $500 million contract. I won't bore you any more than that because I already know I went on my rant for 30 minutes or so last week with the Juan Soto to San Francisco potential. So just watch out for San Francisco people. That's all I'm saying. Some final notes as I wrap up here. Seattle Mariners may have avoided a complete travesty. Julio Rodriguez was hit by a pitch in the wrist. Everyone was thinking maybe the hand's broken. X-rays came back negative. So really, really good news for Seattle, a team that we already talked about is not only in contention, but they're going to be aggressive. They're going to be going forward, especially now with that rotation. It was a 96.9 miles per hour sinker from Rafael Montero that hit Rodriguez in the wrist. X-rays negative again, but Rodriguez is going to be going to the injured list. And Mariners manager Scott Service said Sunday that the wrist is really sore. Some more injury news. Jacob DeGrom is back. to goat. Jacob DeGrom made a rehab start last Wednesday for the AAA affiliate in Syracuse. He's going to be returning to the big league team's rotation on Tuesday. So tomorrow on trade deadline day. DeGrom hasn't pitched yet at the big league level this season after a stress reaction he suffered in his shoulder. He also had a flexor tendon issue that ended his 2021 campaign prematurely last year. Of course, he is a two-time young winner, arguably the best pitcher in baseball when healthy. So they're going to have Jacob DeGrom and Mad Max back-to-back. That's the rotation that the New York Mets were looking to have when this season started. New York is still in first place in that National League East, just clinging on to it as the Atlanta Braves continue to inch closer. But now they're getting healthy, and they're going to have the starting rotation that they expected to have at the beginning of the season. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll keep you updated. Daily episodes. Brooksy just texted me. He wants to do an episode tomorrow regarding the trade deadline. We'll talk about every single trade across the Major League Baseball landscape. It's about to get really crazy over the next 24 hours, especially on Tuesday. Trade deadline is August 2nd on Tuesday. Talk to you soon.